0: Okay, well, welcome everybody to the first ever episode of the Donut Racing Show, where we bring a cheap beer mindset to the champagne popping podium of Formula One racing. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, auto journalists who literally co-wrote the book on F1. We've got Elizabeth Blackstock. Hello, hello. And Alanis King.
1: Hi. Hello,
0: ladies. Welcome to the studio.
1: Oh, it's here. really great to be here. Yeah. I just had some pretzels. Everybody you told did. me to put them away because they were too loud, and apparently our listeners don't want to listen to me eat pretzels. We don't and want I was crunching
0: offended. on mic. Yeah,
1: I was interested. <laughs> I was lie. interested too. I thought the bag made some nice sounds. I thought the crunching was nice, and <laughs> everybody just told me to put them away, and I'm really sad that I don't have my pretzels.
0: Here to talk about the French Grand Prix. This is a racing show after all. And yesterday was the french grand prix or i guess two days ago by the time you're hearing this so good grief sorry listener uh yeah um not the most eventful race of the season so far uh from a outcome standpoint i think it was a pretty i don't know uh max verstappen was kind of on his own for most of the race uh, after the but about,
2: how did he get there yeah that's, that's how the how story did he get there?
0: that's the story so but before we get to that let's talk about the track itself a little bit the circuit paul ricard has only been hosted the French Grand Prix since 2018 after a 10-year pause in France altogether. I, uh, I've only been watching since 2014 so I didn't even like consider that they would race in France. It actually makes a lot of sense now. Yeah,
2: this, is, this is where it all started. Being this is one of, f- yes. where gr- the word Grand Prix comes from.
0: Yeah, wait, why is it in French? That's right. Okay, it makes, <laughs> makes sense. Is now. Grand
2: Prix just grand Prix. Is that French? It's Grand Prix actually. <laughs> yes, but is Grand Prix French? Is this a French word? Are you, are you messing with All me? All car drivers are American. Oh, okay. my God. That means grand prize.
0: Oh, yeah. prize. Okay, well.
2: Wow, this is incredible. Today we learned. <laughs> the
0: uh, the first French Grand Prix was held on a circuit made from closed-off public roads near Le Mans in 1906. And since then, the French Grand Prix has been hosted at seven different venues throughout the country. I didn't even know there were seven tracks in France, to be honest. There are a lot honest. of good ones. Michael Schumacher holds the record for the most victories in the French Grand Prix with eight wins, though that was at the Mogn- Mogni-Cours circuit. Uh, Scuderia-Ferrari uh, have the most French Grand Prix wins with 17, but they don't have any wins since the event returned to uh, Paul Ricard in 2018.
2: They do have the upper hand, though, considering they've been here since the beginning. They do. I, you know,
1: I think they're just distracted because at Paul Ricard, um, the whole racetrack looks like a giant maze on one of those little pieces of paper they give you at the restaurant. It looks like distract- a Keith
0: Haring uh, painting. Yeah, sort
1: of. it looks like it looks like the little piece of paper they give the kids <laughs> at the restaurant to do the maze. Yes, and you're trying to do the maze on the piece of paper, and Except I just worse. Think- I just think the Ferrari drivers maybe get distracted by all the lines around the racetrack and then they, just they keeps, wreck sometimes. They just keep seeing
2: that light blue and think they're heading for a marina in Miami.
0: Paul Ricard is actually a testing facility, which I w- mm-hmm. did not realize. That's why there's so many different layouts. And, and
2: that is why they have sprinklers actually built into the sides of the racetrack.
0: You said that while yes. we were watching.
2: Yeah, for wet weather testing. They and just I thought the you track. were joking. No, I did not realize I am realize not even that. kidding. Bernie Ecclestone decided that they needed sprinklers to do wet weather testing when it wasn't actually right Training. and i don't know why they don't turn those on they, why don't I they know. turn those on for the race that's the question i'm just saying Paul card would be here in 2023 if we had a wet mm-hmm. race every year that's
1: what i'm like yeah, yeah i completely agree i think you should just turn the sprinklers on at random intervals
2: and then turn them off and have the track dry off See, it was discussing this is that like one fan somewhere should get the like nuclear button <laughs> and oh! that you just get to push it like at a random the, time like during the, uh, the race
0: like in the dark knight returns mm-hmm. when One of you among you has the button.
2: The circuit power card has been here since 2018, but it looks like this is going to be the last race for it. Uh, It is not very popular. It's not usually exciting. And in 2023, it's one of the circuits that's currently being cut in favor of... Great venues, classic venues like Las Vegas, like, Las Vegas. like Las,
1: Vegas. <laughs> Las Vegas, the Strip, lined with photos of my favorite person in the world, Chris Angel. I, here it goes. I here think, we go. Uh,
0: yeah, let's not completely let's
1: delve
2: not completely into derail. Alanis's
0: lore here on the first episode.
2: <laughs> we gotta um, tease it out for the future. yeah,
0: yeah. We gotta save that Chris Angel material. Listeners, take um, a
2: shot, when
1: <laughs> oh, take a shot when you hear Chris Angel. But
0: I'm kind of okay with. Paul Ricard being off the calendar in 2023. Um, I think I've only seen one truly exciting race there, and that was last year when Max Verstappen won. I mean, that was a very exciting race. And as we'll see in this episode, not not a, a not a barn burner exactly mm-hmm. this weekend. Okay. Um, and if it means we get Las Vegas, I feel like most fans would probably be okay with sacrificing power card for another track
1: if you're mad about this you've been hypnotized by the blue lines that line
2: the race maybe that's
0: what that stuff is for it's yes. like subliminal um, it's
2: hypnotizing the lines actually have a purpose they're like yes, abrasive they material so it's instead of gravel yes. you hit that and slow down and the blue huh. is one like consistency of it like sandpaper and the other one's a different like grade of sandpaper so that's why they're there, but like they could have done literally anything else. Like, like literally anything, gravel traps? anything else. Yeah, so perhaps the gravel trap, maybe some grass, even just like a gray line, maybe, Yeah, yeah, would be fine. But so, it's France, they so gotta bizarre. do their own thing. Yeah. So that's why when you're going around
1: this track, you don't see a bunch of gravel traps, which is like at other racetracks, you'll see cars just like slide off into a bunch of gravel and you might wonder why that's there. Well, the FIA, makes tracks meet a certain safety criteria in order to run on it and one of those safety criteria is to be able to basically slow the cars down enough before they hit a tire barrier Mm -hmm. that you don't kill someone Mm -hmm. and the only tracks where that's not really required are street circuits because you can't change things but that's why you see existing FIA tracks have those giant gravel traps or a bunch of grass runoff so you basically don't kill people Mm -hmm. always a good thing it's a good thing not to kill people.
0: And speaking of people, here's our people? here's our fun fact of this track for the week. Uh, Paul Ricard, the track's name. the 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 track's namesake. Uh, Paul Ricard was a wealthy industrialist who made his money after developing a popular anise flavored apertif. Tell me what an anise flavor is. It's basically is. like black licorice. Yeah, tastes like that. Have
2: you ever had absinthe? Like, am I I'm asking the wrong person. You are completely
1: asking the wrong person. I no, thought, absolutely I, I, I not. I took
0: Alanis for an absinthe person.
1: You have to Chris tell Angel me what that an is. Absinthe. Yeah, I
0: was like, the yeah. cr- there's a Chris Angel stuff. You have stuff. to tell
1: me what an absinthe is. Let's just I mean, go it's, get some.
0: It's, it's just like...
2: I think that's a great idea.
0: It's just a like a...
2: It's a, it's a liquor. Yeah. It's t- it tastes like black it's a licorice. Liquor? Yeah. It, yeah, it used to be made of things that made you hallucinate, but it's not anymore. I'd love that, actually. <laughs> It yeah, sounds about right.
0: He made a bunch of money, funded the track, but now the track is owned by a family trust of ex-F1 boss Bernie Eccleston, who we'll probably get into in a future episode. We don't really have time oh, for that grief. right now, but Him. that guy, uh, very Wolf interesting Bernard. figure, Bernard. that Ecclestone fella. But yeah, I, um, I kind of want to try some of this. Uh, it's called Pastis. So before the race, the World Constructors' Championship, the teams, how the teams were ranked, uh, Red Bull held a pretty steady lead over Ferrari, leading by about 50 points of 359 points uh, to Ferrari's 303 points. So not looking super good for Ferrari, but also they did have a chance to gain some valuable points back, um, which were kind of immediately dashed when Carlos Sainz had to start at the back of the grid yep. this weekend.
2: I believe they replaced his engine. So Carlos, Carlos Sainz is the second Ferrari driver to Charles Leclerc, who is... Probably the favorite. Oh, we've already named a number
1: two and we just like, we just started the episode and we're already talking about the class rankings within Formula One. (laughs) Formula One teams have a
2: favorite. Okay, pick a favorite. So
1: let's talk about that. So with every Formula One team, there are 10 teams and every team has two drivers. Generally on your team, especially if you have a successful team, You have a star driver and then you have the guy who's going to do whatever it takes to get the star driver some points. Mm -hmm. And so you really saw this the end of last year when Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton were battling really closely for the championship. You saw Sergio Perez, Max's Max's teammate, Red Bull would call over the radio and be like, Sergio, we really need you to hold up Lewis here. Um, just, just hold him up. Don't let him pass mm-hmm. you. We need mm-hmm. you to do this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And poor Sergio is just trying to run his race, but his race is all about Max.
2: Yeah, and it's very so. sad. So this is how Formula One works. Yeah, Ferrari claims that Carlos signs in uh, Charles Leclerc on equal terms. Are you serious? Not, they yeah. claim that. Yeah, they're not. That's they're hilarious. Not, though. We all know. We know. We all know Leclerc is the favorite, which is fine. Uh, but when you have a Big big change of equipment. You have a certain m- number of engines you're allowed to use each year in Formula One. Um, if you change that, you get a penalty for that. So, Signs had an engine change after Austria, which put him at the very back of the grid, uh, which not a great place to start, especially if you are at Ferrari and you're trying to mm-hmm. get those coveted points mm-hmm. to and, win the championship. And the reason for the engine change is,
1: in general, this year, Ferrari is a disaster, and the car just... <laughs> The car just implodes just randomly at random intervals all the time.
0: It's probably the fastest car on the grid, the Ferrari, but it is also extremely unreliable. unreliable. Just
2: breaks all the time. Yeah. Which we saw this weekend.
3: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find Get started at Angie.com. That's A N G I. Or download the app today.
0: After the World Constructors Championship, the, the teams themselves fighting each other, the World Driver Championship going into the race had Red Bull driver Max Verstappen in first, the current world champion. He had 208 points to Charles Leclerc's. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. Oh, we have uh, decided uh, on the yeah. Chucky pronounce-
1: Baby. Yeah. Okay.
0: Charles Leclerc's 170 points. For Ferrari. So, again, a 38-point th- deficit. Charles desperately needs these points after this race. Charles Leclerc, he's on pole position, which is really great because we are half over halfway through the season now. He needs these points. Max Verstappen, his championship rival, current world champion, is right behind him in second place. And he's backed up by uh, his teammate, Sergio Perez. So Leclerc's looking at pole position with both Red Bull cars behind him and his teammate, Carlos Sainz, nowhere to be found because of those engine penalties starting at the very back of the grid. Ferrari needs Sainz to make some really big moves throughout this race if they want to secure more championship points for the team. Um, that was kind of Carlos's mission, is to work his way up from the back all the way through the field so he can give back up to Charles. And Charles's job is to hold on to that number one position no matter what, because Even though it's looking like the championship is kind of slipping away from them at this point, there's still a chance. We're only about halfway through the season right at this point. We're in race 12 of 22. I still think it's anyone's game at this point, even though Red Bull has consistently shown their uh, acumen for winning and Ferrari obviously has a lot of reliability problems There's still still, a chance. There still is a chance. The gap is not too big.
2: So meanwhile, we've got the uh, Ferrari and Red Bull battle going on this year. Lewis Hamilton, the seven-time world champion, is currently sitting in fourth position. That's where he has qualified for the weekend. And his teammate, George Russell, is down in sixth. Uh, Normally, for the past probably eight years, eight, nine years, we've seen Lewis Hamilton. Massive success, almost always on pole. And if Mm -hmm. he wasn't, he was still probably going to win the race. Mm Um, but we've had a massive rule change for this year, so the cars look totally different. Uh, and this is generally when you get these big shakeups in the you know kind of stratified hierarchy of mm-hmm. what the Formula One teams are able to do. Uh, this year, Mercedes just has not gotten it right. Uh, they've not they've not really had the success that we generally attribute to them for mm-hmm. the past you know since the hybrid era started back in the uh, early 2010s. Um, but that's that's okay. We're getting there. They're moving up fourth place it could be worse it could be worse it could be a lot worse and i think it's important to note so
1: formula one is not just a sport about drivers so Mm -hmm. some racing series are somewhat spec like the the cars are similar to each other in formula one it's a sport of not only driver but team and what kind of car they create and so if you have a bad car like williams of the recent years Mm -hmm. um you're just not going to do well right if you have a bad car you're done. If you have a good car, you're great. And Formula One typically has empires of teams that do really, really well. And those empires coincide with new generations of race cars. Mm -hmm. So when Formula One went from V8 power units, V8 engines in its like early 2010s, they changed to a V6 turbo hybrid in 2014 for the 2014 season. Mm -hmm. And that coincided with the rise of the Mercedes team. So before the 2014 season, Sebastian Vettel had won four championships. Sebastian Vettel with Red Bull. Yes, Sebastian Vettel with Red Bull had won four championships. He became the youngest world champion, the youngest double world champion, the youngest triple world champion, and then the youngest quadruple (laughs) world champion. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, it's not as good as me, but not bad. (laughs) Um, So he, he had an empire at Red Bull. And then these new rules come around, things shake up again, and Mercedes is on top with Lewis Hamilton. And for the next many years, (laughs) like eight years pretty much, Mercedes is on top until last year Max Verstappen won the driver's championship, and that was the first time in the era of the turbo hybrid that a non-Mercedes driver won the championship. It was all Lewis Hamilton and then one championship by Nico Rosberg, who retired and just became the nerdiest YouTuber in the world. (laughs) Yep.
0: Yeah, it's pretty awesome to see Lewis and George Russell so high up on the grid. Uh, previously this season, you know, they really struggled to to have to find the pace to get even that high. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really stoked.
1: So I think this this race, if we're going to get into the race itself, I think the appropriate name for this episode is "What's Going On with Ferrari." Yes, because mm-hmm. basically the French Grand Prix was a little boring, but Ferrari. Was a little bit of a nightmare, and I think that's a really good, it's a really just encapsulated version of Ferrari in 2022. Yeah, the year of our Lord, the year of our Lord 2022. Yeah,
2: so Charles Leclerc started off, led the race, did what he was doing fine, everything was fine, all seemed fine.
0: Max was within like a second of yeah. him for a quite fair a portion of the race, yeah. Mm. Uh, couldn't really quite. Uh, get close enough to pass, even with the DRS, the drag reduction system.
1: Wait, I thought DRS stood for something else. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Even then, because Ferrari's engine is so powerful, he he struggled to catch up, even with the assistance of having lower drag of the drag reduction reduction system. So I thought that was quite interesting and thought that there might be an opportunity somewhere all Chuck just had to mess up one time, and Max probably could have yeah. passed at some point. Exactly. Yeah, it
2: was it was Ferrari's race to lose. It was yes. Chuck's race to lose.
0: Max had that DRS access for much of the race behind Charles, but was not able to catch up and pass the Ferrari because that Ferrari engine is so they're powerful. Good. Yeah, very. When
2: they're good. on it, they are on they it. They
0: are on it. They are Ferrari. Yes. Around lap fourteen, Signs is working his way up through the field. Trying to get to Charles. Uh, Looks like he's going to be able to make an impact on the race with Red Bull. But a couple laps later, TV cuts to Charles Leclerc in the wall. His race over. Mm -hmm. His dreams
2: dashed. His dreams dashed. (laughs) Championship hopes.
0: And his breathing quite heavy. It was actually (laughs) kind of off-putting. Uh, it to hear that so often, over a horror the radio. movie quality
2: stuff going on yeah.
0: there. Yeah. Um, so yes, Charles, uh, during one of the sweeping right hand turns, uh, his back end of the car slips out. He was on old tires. I yep. think they're the set that he started on, which are also the set that you have to qualify on. Uh, that's just some little minutia for you. But the car, the Ferrari, loses grip in this long sweeping right hander. The rear end steps out on him. He loses control, spins, and crashes into a barrier. Luckily, it didn't seem to be too serious of a crash. Mm. Uh, but it was head-on after spinning a few times. He's probably going like 60 still.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, they said it was like 100 kilometers an hour, so about 60 oh, miles an hour. 60 yep. miles
0: an hour. Look yep. who In- knows metric.
2: Incredible. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, Charles Leclerc's race over. Yes. From, it from- was the third time he has failed to finish a race while he was leading it this year. Which Just heartbreaking. Which that is him. really heartbreaking. You kind of think about how much... You know how close the battle is right now. It's not that close, but had Charles been able to like capitalize on those mistakes, those problems, he would be right there. He would be right there. It would be a pretty interesting title fight. And we're we're here again in the barrier screaming. So a lot of people called this his
1: Joker moment, and I yeah, would. Love I, that. Agreed. I, I agreed. I feel like
0: he's had multiple Joker moments this season already, though. So true. Yes. Uh Like yes. at. I mean, any anytime he hasn't failed, it's just, it's just. I feel so bad for the guy, even though uh, I'm not really a Ferrari fan necessarily. But like, you just gotta feel for Charles after all this stuff happens to him.
2: I kind, like, I kind of hate that because I'm not a Ferrari fan. I aggressively dislike everything about Ferrari, <laughs> and then Ferrari is so bad that it's making me like its drivers because yeah. they're just doing their best. They're, they're trying doing their so best. hard, and Ferrari just can't give them a car.
1: Okay, so. This was really kind of, I think a lot of people thought this was a Joker moment for him because he hits the wall and then we play this radio communication with his heavy horror movie breathing. Like when someone calls you on a payphone yep. and you only hear breathing <laughs> on the other line yeah. and then he screams, no, yep. yeah. but he screams it like, it's like long it was quite and drawn guttural, out. Yeah. And so I think we should have a competition <laughs> for the best reenactment hell bent on this of this radio message i've been thinking okay. about this for like 36 hours okay, okay. <laughs> i need this to happen all right but someone has to tell me how far away from the microphone to be yeah, yeah. <laughs> because i don't actually know how the microphone uh, probably works.
0: like yeah back
1: way up okay, at
0: least like four feet there yeah
1: okay so it was like and then no!
3: <laughs>
1: and that was how it went.
0: I think you pretty much was nailed it. Do it? I need I to do
1: it? Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to ride off of that. <laughs> okay, I like well, that great. one. That was a great performance by me. That one hit great. wonder. That was great. Thank <laughs> you so much. Nolan, we go. Can,
0: we can put it like some... F- okay.
1: Nolan doesn't want to do this. Nolan, no, go. Gonna,
0: <sighs> I took <sighs> acting classes. I can do <laughs> it.
1: Breathe. <laughs> you can do <laughs> it. Oh, <laughs> I am cheering you on. Let
0: me do it. Okay. Okay. <sighs> <sighs> Took some so creative good. liberty with that. That was so good. That was good, that so good. That's the, a good interpretation. the Ron y'all interpretation.
1: Y'all should have seen his hands. It was like he was <laughs> like he had oranges in them, and he was trying to <laughs> just like squeeze orange juice out of the oranges. Like it was incredible. Wow, what a performance, Nolan.
0: Thank
3: you.
1: Wow, Elizabeth, go. Oh my god, <laughs> it's your turn. <sighs> <sighs>
2: No! <laughs> <Yes>! Wow. <laughs> Felt that one. I, I feel I felt this that. is like
0: a Meisner class in
1: here. This is crazy. <laughs> okay, everyone, everybody was like, that. That felt you're, nice. you're really stuck on this idea, aren't you? That was wonderful. Oh, that wow. was the best idea we've ever had. Should
2: have more screaming, that screaming breaks in these podcasts. Wow. So incredible.
0: After the crash, um, after the screaming, the safety car comes <laughs> out. They have to, you know, the 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 safety crew has to get the car off the track. Safety car comes out, which kind of gives all the teams a free pit stop, basically, because the speeds are reduced all that good stuff. You don't you're not really losing a lot of time. Um, during the pit stop, Carlos signs. our boy comes in, gets a nice fresh set of medium tires. Boy. But boy. as he's exiting in the pit, uh, nearly hits Williams driver Alex Albon and gets a 5 second penalty that because he'll-
2: he had a very slow pit stop. They they failed to get that last tire on. Mm. He was just holding it. So when they sent him out, they were a little bit too late. That fraction of a second gotcha. made the biggest difference. Almost hit another car. I'm I mean, a just, qualified tire changer. You should call it me. <laughs> it
0: just illustrates how how close the margins are yep. in Formula 1, especially for the pit team. Any slip-up could have massive consequences, and this did. So uh, Sainz now has a five-second penalty, um, which he'll have to serve at the next pit stop he has uh, later on in the race.
2: And in this case, this five-second penalty, Formula 1 has a interesting way of assigning penalties in this case this is when you go in for your next pit stop they wait for 5 seconds before servicing yeah. your vehicle. Um but when Ferrari told signs about this they call it a stop and go, which is where you come in, stop oh, yeah, and, and then, then go, go. And you cannot go do and leave. Yeah, as in leave the pits, but you can't do any service within that stop.
0: And that's a lot that stop and go.
2: Yeah, it's a lot more time.
0: Has a lot more cuz you're not gaining any benefit at least with yeah. like a like a the 5 second hold for the pit stop, at least you're getting your cars getting new tires and whatever yeah. uh this is a
2: whole nother pit stop a yes. whole other you're losing the d- pit delta as they call it which is multiple seconds you're going to lose a lot of positions uh, so when when they told carlos this he had to correct them while he's racing mid-race <laughs> let his engineers and strategists know actually that's not what this is he said something and i don't
1: remember it exactly because it was six o'clock in the morning but it was like stop inventing things yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while he's racing. He's like, stop inventing things. And yep. they're like,
2: oh, yeah. oops, we oops. are inventing things, aren't we? Yep. Welcome and to Ferrari. That was only the beginning. That was only the beginning.
0: Lap 30, uh, Carlos Sainz takes fourth position from George Russell. Uh, again, proving that that Ferrari is just a real, real animal. Just very little effort on Sainz's part.
1: Would you call it a prancing horse? I
0: would call it a prancing horse. Oh, you. Yeah, it's thank a real you. animal? <laughs> um, <laughs> real thoroughbred. Yeah. Um, so, about 10 laps later, though, while battling with Red Bull's Sergio Perez, literally side by side, Ferrari's pit wall, the people sitting in the pits, go on over the radio and tell Carlos to pit right now while he literally
2: side by side yes you could touch the other car now there was a little caveat on the broadcast
1: that maybe this radio message was a little bit delayed and maybe they said this to him like 15 seconds ago right but the main point of our shock at this is the same because you are bewildered by this the thing about pit strategy is that when you go into the pits if the other car doesn't you're going to come out in a different place on track. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense to battle someone for a position on track that you are not going to keep because battling someone actually slows you down when you're side by side and drafting off of each other. Like, you're not going as fast as you could. You don't have the it, the line you want at, and all that yes, stuff.
0: Yes, at this point in the race, I mean, it might sound like it hasn't been much time because of the way that I just said it, but... This is nearly 20 laps later after he's got his new tires. Yes. These are medium compound tires. They're not meant to last super long. Yes. Uh, So, you know, he's feeling that the car is losing grip. But feasibly, though, Carlos could have stayed out on these old tires. Uh, Probably would have lost a position or two because of the reduced speed, because of the reduced grip necessarily. But, I mean, I think it could have happened
1: so i think the call came at the worst time possible because the thing is is that you you want to kind of pit you want to pit when you're going to be released by yourself Mm -hmm. and you want to pit when you have not battled someone yes because the most The most ideal thing to have on a racetrack is to be by yourself. Because when you're clean air, air, you're by yourself, clear track. You can run the exact line you want to run. When you're battling someone, you're wasting time Mm -hmm. trying to get around them, driving Mm -hmm. next to them. So the fact that Ferrari calls him and says, okay, pit, and he goes, not now. Yeah. Obviously not now. Like this is a horrible <laughs> time to pit because you've just wasted all this time to get past a car and you're just, it didn't even matter because you're not going to be next to that car with that
2: anyway. five second penalty that he was going to have yes. to serve anyway. So yeah. You're going to lose even more time. Ferrari just knew there.
0: that there was going to be that penalty. Yeah. he They also saw that he was on kind of like a, a, on the war path. The bet pays off for signs. He passes Sergio Perez, but then two laps later... He comes into pit. He serves that five seconds penalty and comes out in ninth place.
1: Five seconds on a racetrack is like you're really far away from each other because you're going 200 miles an hour. That's a long distance.
0: Yes. And if I was Carlos, I would be so pissed. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah. It's just insane. And this is with 10 laps to go. Yeah. So...
2: This man has gone from the very back of the grid all the the way up to third place. He was on the podium. Now he's back in ninth. In ninth. And in Formula One, only the top 10 positions score points. So that's a very minor amount of points to be getting after battling all the way back up to third place where you would have done well for Ferrari. And this is also compounded because Ferrari has just made these horrible
1: calls all season (laughs) that have cost its drivers... All kinds of points and all kinds of positions, and not only when they're not making horrible car calls, yeah, the car breaks,
0: yes. So, not even not just points necessarily, but like how many seasons of this could you feasibly withstand psychically, you know? Like, <laughs>
1: ask, ask Fernando Alonso yeah. of the McLaren Honda
2: era, or I was gonna say, even ask Carlos signs. like, man has been through Sainz. the Ringer, yeah. This he's is he's been through the Red Bull Junior program, which is. Stressful enough because you have to perform immediately or else get replaced by Max Verstappen. Uh, (laughs) So true. (laughs) Happened to me. Yeah. (laughs) Now this man's at Ferrari, which (sighs) is just as high pressure, but Ferrari doesn't know how to manage anything. Here he is, second driver. Weight of the world on his shoulders. Just insane.
0: So, I mean, this is just one example of Ferrari's horrific strategy their strategy, strategy, their campaign this season—just like, it, just so I, 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 again, I feel very bad for these two guys. Even though they're both very handsome and wealthy and have the coolest job in the world, I still feel empathy for them. Um, just Ferrari, man, what are you doing? Come on, uh, come on!
3: Yeah. This
0: is a very, this is a hot take, Ferrari. Pick it up. You know? <laughs> wow,
1: that—that is scary. This is a down <laughs> Oh my goodness. Fighting words. And then poor Carlos, after his whole day, he battles up through the field, his team is trying to like just implode on him, and then after this whole day he gets voted driver of the day by the fans, and Formula 1 picks the worst picture possible oh God, of
0: this man,
1: like to celebrate that he won driver the, of the day. One of the
0: Worst, uh, oh, okay. Nolan's
1: pull, pulling up um, the picture.
0: I, I just have to remind myself what Carlos, it looks like
1: in this photo. Like, the lighting, <laughs> the lighting is so bad, and also it's just grainy. his body language. He looks like he's looking in your window, and you don't know that he's looking in your window. And like some people would say, I wouldn't mind Carlos signs looking in
2: my he window, looks not like, with that expression. Not he looks like he's kind of
0: double, he's like doing a double take at like a really delicious, like fondue <laughs> fountain. He's like. <laughs> Okay, a but- chocolate fountain he noticed across the room he's like okay mm-hmm. here's the thing
1: i know that you can't see this photo it's right so now while bad. you're listening but just look it's, it up it's just look it up and just
0: i'll put it i'll post on my twitter okay uh, nolan's
1: gonna post it on his twitter yes. go find nolan and just look at it and yeah. you'll understand i'm gonna post it too actually it's, so bad. it's just not <laughs> it's, it's such not a good, good photo man.
0: Ferrari's bungling of their own strategy uh, was advantageous for Red Bull's Sergio Perez and Mercedes's is, is George Russell. Yeah, that's it. Um, you know that uh, Russell and Perez had a pretty gnarly battle near the end of the race. There, uh, they made contact. That was like, like one of those weird intersections, huh? Or
1: probably, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of those. But so Sergio and George Russell are battling, and they're just like you know they're doing their thing, and we hear like. Half a dozen radio message messages from Sergio Perez. And he's like, George keeps going on the track. George keeps going off the track. George just left the track again. Yeah. Which, like, on track, like the track has boundaries. And when you leave the racetrack, generally, like if you're gaining an advantage, you can get a penalty in mm-hmm. Formula One. It's track limits. It's mm-hmm. the worst it's the worst phrase in the world. Um, and so Sergio Perez is like He's radioing his team to try to get the FIA and the affi- and the stewards to yeah. hear, and he's like, "George went off track. George went off track, mom. George went off track, mom. <laughs> mom, tell him to stop going off track. Mom, give him a time penalty." And yeah. it's like, <laughs> "My dude, just drive. Like, this is so pathetic." There is something
0: <laughs> weird when you hear the drivers complaining about
1: because it's all political
0: rules. Yeah, and it's just it's just off putting. Not off putting, but like it's just surprising because we kind of make these images of the drivers like we build them up to be these stalwart characters who live on the edge and throw caution to the wind for glory but then they're like yeah like mom
1: (laughs) penalizing. It's it's super
0: weird and i don't really like to criticize drivers like for radio messages in the moment because you gotta remember like they're going like at least 180 when they're making calls to their pit but also it's like so adrenaline is running and you're not keeping track of things you're saying necessarily, but also like hot take here, guys.
1: Stop doing (laughs) it. Sergio
0: Perez. Pick it up, man.
1: Okay. Okay. Another hot take. Wow. I think Lewis Hamilton is such a pro at this. And this is the only time I get annoyed listening to Lewis Hamilton is when he radios his team. He is the king of going that was just so unsafe when he radios his team because he's trying to give someone a penalty. So like in, in Canada, um, Sebastian Vettel left the racetrack and came back on and you could argue yeah it was like sure maybe it was a little unsafe but he was trying to get Sebastian a time penalty which he ultimately did and Sebastian lost the win and Lewis Hamilton won. This was in 2019. This was in 2019 in Canada you can go look it up it was a really wonderful time when Sebastian Vettel actually refused to bring his car to the winner the podium area so he didn't park his car over there And then in the empty parking spot where his car was supposed to be, he swapped the podium signs for first and second because first was in front of Lewis Hamilton's car and second was in front of his empty parking spot. And he switched them to put first in front of his empty parking spot. (laughs) So anyway, during this race, when Sebastian left the track and came back on and ultimately got a penalty, Lewis goes... Man, that was just so unsafe. I yep. can't believe he did that. That was so dangerous <laughs> you know. because like they're just trying to get the stewards who are the officials in Formula 1 who make the rules and enforce them basically. He's just trying to get them to go, "Okay, fine, we'll give him a penalty because he did something unsafe." And
2: it's really funny because it's so passive aggressive. Yes. It's like when you subtweet someone yes. that you know what they're you're talking about, but you, they're just trying to like Get them in trouble with these yes. stupid little rules, which it, it just it's funny because that is the people want to make these race car drivers out to be these ultra warriors, like these gladiators doing battle. Yeah, and they're yeah, just school gotta, boys gotta having remember a little fight. That they're
0: <laughs> very privileged, and they uh,
2: just sad little rich yeah. boys, little so, boys having a fight. Yeah. So we had uh, quite a few DNFs, which stands for did not finish. Uh, this happens if a driver crashes, if they spin, if they have. Some sort of problem ultimately that puts them out of the race. Yuki Tsunoda of AlphaTauri was spun out after a little tap by Esteban Ocon on the very first lap. Um, he strongly continued after his his spin. He made a valiant effort. Bless him. Yep, he did all right. He it was it was sad, uh, <laughs> but he ended up retiring, DNFing on lap 17, which again not a great day for AlphaTauri, which is the kind of sub-team of Red Bull Racing. Mm-hmm. It's their junior team. Uh, lap 38, we had a another attempt at a <laughs> at a pass that resulted in contact. Uh, Nicholas Latifi from Williams, uh, driver who has not scored a single point this year, I believe, attempted to pass Kevin Magnussen and his Haas. Both of them tapped each other. Guess what? They both ended up DNFing. And by the end of the race, we had... On lap fifty, Zhu Guan Yu, he uh, he also DNF'd, pulled off on the side of the track, mm. three laps from the end of the race. That's when it stings. I
1: also do that
2: sometimes. <laughs> like sometimes off,
1: I'm just three laps from the end of the race and I'm like, man, man I'm, good I'm done.
2: I can't do it. Yeah, yeah had a good one. <laughs> I, had a, I had a good run, and it's over now. <laughs> you know, it happens sometimes. Ultimately, we uh, we ended this race with Max Verstappen, who won by over ten seconds. Uh, followed by Lewis Hamilton in second place
0: able to capitalize on yes. Ferrari's, uh, Ferrari's disaster, disaster. and it was his
2: first
1: second place finish this season and what's yeah. really wild is Lewis Hamilton who's dominated this mm-hmm. sport for the past like 8 years watching him get second and be like wow great job team yeah. we had such a great day we haven't done that this year whereas like Lewis Hamilton if he'd finished second last year he'd been like are we serious <laughs> yeah exactly really second yep. yep it's just wow It's a, big what vibe a shift, shift.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes oh how the turns have shift. tabled oh how the turns have tabled you're so right <laughs> and uh that means that we also we had a double mercedes podium this weekend george russell got third um and he just barely got that third place sergio perez came in fourth just
0: right behind him yeah
2: right behind him eighth of a second behind him and after that that long battle in the uh the attempts at yeah. getting him penalized a little bit but <laughs> didn't work out. Didn't so the, work.
0: The top three teams now in the world uh, World Constructors Championship remains the same with Red Bull in first, Ferrari in second, and Mercedes in third. Uh, Alpine and Merc- Alpine not a team we've really mentioned all this episode. No. Uh, Alpine and McLaren, another team we haven't mentioned at all. They're even on points going into the French Grand Prix. So Alpine has pulled ahead of McLaren for that fourth place position,
2: leading the best of the rest.
0: Best of the rest. That's right. So. Man, takeaways from this race. Ferrari need to pick it up. Um, Ferrari just need to really get their shit together. They have an amazing car. They have char- like two of the best drivers in the world, no doubt. Leclerc is f- a phenom, and Carlos isn't too far behind him either, frankly. like I, Carlos has really impressed me. Um, I They just really need to get their shit together. Not really a revolutionary thing to say concerning ferrari but it's just it's it's embarrassing to watch
2: Yeah, again the the team who has been in this sport the longest with such a legacy all these world championships like developed the sport itself they get paid every year they compete just because they're that integral Mm -hmm. to f1 Mm -hmm. and they suck
1: well so here's (laughs) the thing i think we really saw ferrari tank in 2020 and they clawed back a little They've been they've been tanking for years. Like let's be honest. Okay, but they were doing all right. (laughs) But 2020 was when it was really embarrassing. Like they were down with the mid pack teams in 2020, and we're like, they're up there this year, but their actions are just as embarrassing as 2020. They're clown shoes. What's funny about Formula One is that all of these car manufacturers compete because it's like fancy and red carpet and makes us look great and wow we're so cool and then you go out there and you just create this horrible car that implodes on <laughs> itself and you call the worst race strategy in the world and you're a complete laughing stock and it's like this is a great advertisement for ferrari <laughs> this makes me want to drive a ferrari yeah. what a good use of your ad dollars mm-hmm. ferrari <laughs>
0: Well, to their credit, at least their car didn't break down this week.
1: Oh, that's
2: great. So it, that's
0: good. That's an improvement at least in their part. It just broke a tire barrier. Yeah, now they just need to do everything better, basically. <laughs> yeah. Everything that's not... Yeah. So Ferrari, pick it up. Red Bull. I, I imagine Max was kind of bored after Le, uh, Leclerc dropped out. Um, good for him, you know? He, good he for won. him. Yeah. Good. Nice. Rats. Um. Yeah, I think... That's kind of the story of the season so far is how will Ferrari mess it up this week? (laughs) Our final segment of the week, Boyfriend of the Week.
1: Oh, how exciting.
0: Yes, this is my favorite um, thing I've ever done here uh yeah so boyfriend of the week is not we're not choosing the hottest driver um we're this is our way of acknowledging who is the best this week uh this is gonna be a recurring segment it can be anyone it can be a driver it can be a a team principal it can be someone on social media with a particularly hot take uh you get the picture who is good enough to be our boyfriend or girlfriend of the week this is middle school rules here we're not choosing our husbands this is just for the just for the week our boyfriend of the week Alanis how about you start us off here
1: all right so my boyfriend of the week personally was when I was watching the broadcast I really loved when we panned to Pierre Gasly's mother okay interesting so Pierre Gasly's mother is my boyfriend of the week Um, because during the broadcast so Pierre Gasly is out running like 12th or wherever he's at he's not doing anything remarkable this weekend but they keep showing his mother and she keeps making these expressions
0: pascal yes
1: yes and so at one point during the race they show her and she's just making this like sad no like she's shaking her head no and she looks really sad and it was just like that's beautiful <laughs> what a great illustration of everything right and then they show her later and she's like excited about something and I was like girl do your thing like make this make us feel emotion at six <laughs> o'clock in the morning shake your head thank you so much boyfriend of the week
0: Thank you Pascal Wow all uh, right Elizabeth
2: uh, I am gonna go with Paul de Oh the goodness, Sky Sports so commentators uh, who David Coulthard was doing the driver interviews after the race this Tell weekend. me more about David Coulthard. David Coulthard is a former Formula One driver. He's historically had some hot takes about women, <laughs> specifically that they cannot drive Formula One cars. You know, people might say that about him. I would I would probably go to limb and say that about David Coulthard. <laughs> anyway, he's doing the driver interviews at the end of this race, and he keeps talking, just setting up a question with a lot of context. And Paul DeResta goes, "God, he can he stop talking? Like it was, <laughs> it was fantastic. It was good. Paul Resta, thank you for that great moment. Speaking for all of us, my boyfriend of the week.
0: I'm gonna have to go with Lando Norris." What? was uh, He in
2: the
1: race. <laughs>
0: uh, you know? Who's he
1: out there? He, I don't remember. I think so. Okay. No, hold
0: on. I don't know why I said that. Um.
1: <laughs> He's just a cute little boy. I thought you were going to I thought you were about to have a revelation. No, no.
0: Uh, let me try
1: again. <laughs> I set you up Where
0: was for a he?
2: revelation.
0: No, screw it. Lando Norris. He finished
2: seventh. Hashtag better than Daniel Ricciardo. It's better
0: than... Yeah, I mean, he... Poor Daniel. Only by two places, though. But Lando, you know... uh, You know what it was? I saw a picture this morning of Lando with, I think, Kelly Piquet's daughter or something. And you know what? Like Lando just seems like a... That kind of turned my opinion on Lando.
1: Did
2: he post it on Instagram?
0: N- i don't think so it? i where don't know i saw it on reddit what
2: was your opinion before and how has it shifted now
0: okay i've kind of been ambivalent towards lando this past couple of years but this photo has it's just shown me that there's something that he can he, he can be greater than that okay. maybe i was He has wrong. an emotion he has emotion i was maybe wrong i was too harsh on lando even though i think i was there's been times in the past where i think i've been kind of justified in my my uh judgment of him but now since i've seen him with that kid i see him i see him as a father i could see it visualize him as a father he's
2: 12
0: he's 22
2: he's 12 that's not and an appropriate age to be having children
0: 22 well, i'm not 12. gonna get technical <laughs> um And he's my boyfriend of the week this week. Okay. And I wish him very well in the next race. All right. So those are our boyfriends and girlfriend of the week.
1: Thanks for listening to the Donut Racing Show. If you like the episode, please subscribe and tell your friends about us so we can keep doing it.
0: That's right.
2: Our next episode comes out on August 3rd when we'll be covering the Hungarian Grand Prix. And trust me, you will not want to miss this one. Haas are rolling out their final upgrades to their car, the VF22. Could these be the changes that Haas driver Kevin Magnussen needs? because they're not giving them to his teammate Mick Schumacher. What the hell is going on with McLaren driver and fan favorite Daniel Ricciardo? Will Lewis Hamilton finally win a race this season? And can Charles Leclerc keep up with Max Verstappen for the Drivers' Championship, or is his greatest competition his own team? tune in next week to find out
0: if this is your first time listening to a donut podcast we have another show called past gas it's an automotive history show highly recommend you check that out we also have a youtube channel uh look that up on youtube donut media um and follow alanis at alanis and king on instagram and twitter correct follow elizabeth I'm assuming it's also Elizabeth Blackstock.
2: It is at Eliz underscore Blackstock because my name is too long.
0: Follow me at Nolan J. Sykes on Instagram and Twitter if you'd like. My tweets are not that good, but just do it. Goodbye.